Welcome to the Josh Blair Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about bringing inspiration and encouragement to your daily walk with Jesus. We pray the message you hear impacts you as you follow Christ. It's a story about a man named Gideon. And how many of you have heard this story about this man named Gideon? I want us to read this story. It's found in the book of Judges. And the man Gideon, he lived in Israel, and he, uh, during a time when the nation was being oppressed by another nation called the, the Midians, or the, the Midianites, and they were being oppressed by that, and that's when he, he lived during that time. And the Midianite people, they would, they would come in and they would raid the towns of Israel, the, the tribes of Israel, especially during harvest. They would let them grow their crops and produce fruit and then come in and steal the harvest before they could actually collect it off the vines. They would come in, they would steal their livestock and their there are uh, all the ways for them to live. And so Gideon was living during this time. As an adult man, he had, he had the fear of another enemy oppressing him. And because of that, Gideon has found himself in a wine press. And we pick up on this story in, in chapter 6, verse 11, where there's an angel talking to Gideon. And we're going to read there with me. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabith at Ophrah. It looks like Oprah, but Oprah was not there. It was Ophrah, and, uh, which uh, this tree, this land belonged to Joash, who was the father of Gideon. And this, the, Gideon, the son, he was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So this, this thing, that this, we're not really... Uh, used to seeing people threshing out wheat anymore, but it used to be a, a major thing in their communities, and they had these huge threshing floors that they would have oxen. They would have two, two oxen pulling a, a thresher that would roll over the wheat, and it would separate the chaff from the wheat, and the wind would blow and blow the chaff and the dirt and the dust away, and you would be left with the grains of wheat that then you could, you could make something out of. You could make bread out of it. You could have those things stored up, and, and you would have a lot of wheat that was produced based on this, once you thrashed it and cleaned it out, it's usually done all on this massive place so that the wind could blow over it and clean it for you. And instead, because of the, the enemy, the Midianites, he was, hiding, he was hiding his portion. He was hiding his portion in a wine press and safeguarding it from the enemy. Because of the fear of the enemy, he, was, he had confined himself to this small space. Now, I'm not sure if you can decipher what a wine press is used for. I might, it might be really, really deep, but it is, it is used to press wine. Yeah? Not, not difficult. It was, it was a big thing that they would put wine, uh, grapes in, and they would squish it together, and they would get wine. And he, because of his fear, he was confined to a space that was really not designed to do what he was doing in it. And Gideon was having this, this issue I mean, can you imagine what that, what that would look like if you were watching from a distance and seeing some guy climb into a, a wine press? This is, this is our wine press this morning. You're like, no, it's three pallets put together. No, it's a wine press. Use your imagination. It's a wine press. It's a large area that they would put, put grapes in and then they would press it together and run out. But instead, Gideon is in this and he's ducked down and he's hiding. He's hiding beneath the walls of the, of the wine press, and he's beating out the wheat and trying to separate the wheat from the chaff so that he can have something 
to eat. But in the middle of this, as he's doing it, dust is flying up because there's a lot of dust and dirt on the wheat. There's the chaff that is trying to separate from the grains of the wheat. And as he's doing it, I can just imagine, I can see that he begins to cough. He begins to choke because of all the dust and dirt that's coming up off of the wheat. It's, it's burning his eyes. It's, it's, he's got allergies because he was raised in, in the valley. And he probably has asthma. And he's beating this stuff. And he's, he, can't, he can't quite get a good breath now. And he's, he's, he can't really see very well in the middle of this. And he's doing something that that is supposed to be done out in the open, where the wind comes and to blow away the debris as he separates it, and yet he can't do it. And so he's working on his own portion here, but it's still kind of dirty. It's still kind of got junk in it because there's nothing coming to wash it away or, or, or blow it away. And he's sitting there and he's choking and he's coughing in the middle of this wine press. He's having a hard time breathing. He's having a hard time seeing and this is where the angel of the Lord approaches him and begins to talk to him. He's a grown man and he's confined himself to a small space trying to take care of himself and eat something. And he's probably covered in dust. And he's probably covered in dirt. And he can't see beyond the walls of the wine press. Gideon is limited by the wine press. He's not only limited because it's, it surrounds, it's surrounding him, but he's limited because he can't see the way he used to see when he's in the wine press because of all the dust and all the, all the dirt that's up around him and the walls are literally blocking his view. He's limited by what is around him. And he's also limited about what he can actually produce in the wine press. Because the wine press is not made to thresh wheat. The wine press is made to make wine. And so in, instead of having a huge threshing floor that you would thresh the wheat out and it would feed your entire community, he's in there by himself trying to just make enough for himself to eat. And he's limited in his capacity to care for others because he's only really concerned about himself in the wine press. The fear of the enemy has confined him to a small space where he can only care about himself. Are you following me? Gideon is limited by what surrounds him. He can't see well. He can't breathe well. And he's limited in what he can produce. There's no, there's no wind to carry away the chaff. There's no wind to blow away the junk in his life. There's no wind to blow away what he, the, the product that he's trying to produce in his life by being safeguarded by the wine press, yet there's no wind there to help him do what he's trying to do. He's limited. Lastly, he's limited because he has this wine press as a way he thinks to be safeguarded from the enemy. He thinks he's hiding from the enemy inside this wine press, but it's a false sense of security. The enemy, because of the fear, it actually has limited him so much that he thinks these walls are protecting him. Gideon is limited. In fact, Gideon is just a plain hot mess in the wine press. Have you ever been just covered head to toe when you're doing something outside or you're, you're mowing the yard on a riding lawnmower and you've got more dirt than yard and you, you ride through the cloud after it comes up? 
It's a very fresh memory in my mind because I just did that. And it's nasty. And you're covered and then you begin to itch because apparently you have an allergic reaction to whatever was in the dirt. And now it's just, your whole, everything itches. And every, your eyes burn, you can't breathe. Sometimes I feel like Gideon. Just a hot mess. And this is all happening while the angel of the Lord is standing outside the wine press. And this is what he's, he sees Gideon. A big hot mess that he is, a ball of dirt and sweat. And he says this to him in verse 12. The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Maybe the dust got in the angel's eyes too. I don't know, because is he seeing what we're seeing? This man, a grown man, is hiding, covered in dust and dirt because he's afraid, because of fear. And yet the angel says, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon he, said, he does what we do, but we, what we would say in this moment, too. He says to the angel in verse 13, Please, if the Lord is with us, then why has this all happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. Gideon is basically saying, if God is with me, then why am I in the middle of a wine press? If God is really with me, then why do I have to hide? Why are all these things happening to us? I don't have enough food to eat. My family is oppressed. We're in a hot mess, the whole nation, if God is with us. Please, don't give me that God is with us. And he says, he gives these excuses to him. God is, God is not with us because of all these external things that are happening in my life. God is not with me. This is what the angel says to him in response. He ignores him. Sometimes when we feel that God is moving in our lives, but we say, God, you're not, I don't really believe that you're there because look at all the mess around us. God says this, what the angel says in verse 14. He says, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? God isn't listening to our excuses. He sees the promise of what he's given to us in our lives. You might be saying, God, I can't do. Because of all of these things, God is saying, go in the might that I've called you in. Go and do the things that I've called you to do, because do I not send you? Gideon replies in verse 15, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Manasseh happened to be the smallest tribe in Israel. And he says, and I am the least in my father's house. Basically, he's saying this. Look, I'm a nobody from nowhere. How could I do what you're saying I can do? I, I just come from a small town where nobody even knows my name. How can I be expected to do something mighty for God? I just come from a little old town called Kermit. I just come from a little, all small town called Madeira. Nobody big comes out of our town. Nobody important comes out of our town. How can I do what you're saying that I can do? Does that sound familiar? How can I do what you're saying? I'm, I'm, I'm in the smallest clan, in the smallest tribe, in the smallest family, and I'm the weakest in my family. How can I do that? He's saying, look, I've got my own problems here. 
I'm just trying to survive myself. You're calling me to love people? I'm just trying to take care of myself. God, I don't know if you can tell or not, but I'm a hot mess. God, I don't know if you see what I see here, but I'm in the middle of a wine press. I'm confined. I'm covered in dirt. I stink. I smell. I can't see. I can't breathe. You want me to do what? I'm just trying to make a little meal for myself, and it's still full of dirt because there's no wind blowing in here. How am I supposed to care for others when I feel like I can't even care for myself? And he's in the middle of a wine press. Choking. And saying, how can I do this? I can't see what you see. And the Lord said to him, verse 16, but I will be with you. Maybe some of you are saying the same things in your life today. And God is saying to you today, I will be with you. And you will strike the Midianites as one man. In this passage of scripture, we see Gideon being called out by God. Being called out of his safe space in the wine press. This place that he has now become complacent to reside. In the middle of a wine press. A place that makes him feel safe. But has limited his abilities. Limited his eyesight. Limited his vision. Limited his ability to feel the wind. Limited his ability to trust on God. Because he's trusting in the wine press walls to keep him safe. Gideon is in the middle, but God is calling him out to break through the wine press. And essentially, this breaking out, when he breaks out, the limitations of the wine press are removed. So, in essence, God is calling Gideon as he's down inside the wine press to break free. Because the walls that surrounded him, God is saying, I'm calling you to another place where these walls won't help you. And when the walls fell down, immediately his vision increased. He could begin to see further than he could see behind the walls. He could begin to have his eyes cleared up from all the dust and the debris and the chaff that was choking him in this box, in this safe place, now he could see again. Now he could breathe again. Not only that, but he began to feel the wind again. He began to feel the breeze again that would have been there to help him do what he wanted to do, but was limited because of the way he confined himself. Do you know the Bible says that the the wind can represent a moving of the Holy Spirit. Some of us in our safe places, we confine ourselves because of hurt in our life or because circumstances and situations done to us or things that we've done that made of us ashamed and that made us to withdraw back to a place of comfort. But those walls that we put up restrict the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we can't feel the wind of His presence come and help us do what we want for the kingdom of God. Some of you know that you have a calling on your life to produce something in your life, but you're trying to do it on your own, and all you find is wheat filled with chaff, and there's nothing helping you separate the good from the bad. Because the walls that are up are stopping the wind of the Spirit from moving and helping you produce something that is worthwhile. These walls 
were not only stopping his vision and not only stopping the move of the Spirit in his life, but they were causing him to be dependent, not on God, but on these walls for safety. When we get hurt, when we get disappointed, when we get frustrated, when bad things happen to us, we withdraw and we believe that we're the ones who are supposed to protect ourselves. And then we wrestle with being able to trust God because we think that this is going to be the place where I really am going to thrive. But you don't really thrive in a wine press, do you? You don't thrive in a box. God is calling us beyond. What I find so interesting about this, Gideon is complaining to the angel of the Lord, saying, if God was with us, why isn't he delivering us like he used to do in Egypt? And he didn't even see that God was calling him to be the deliverer. Some of us are saying, God, I, I wish you would move in my life the way you used to move or the, the way I know you move in other people's lives. And you don't even see the fact that God is trying to move in your life if you would let him. If you would tear down the walls, let down your walls so that God could move in your life. The very thing that you might be asking of God might be already inside of you if you would let him move inside of you. So powerful that outside of the wine press, he could produce more. Inside the wine press, he's only concerned about himself. He's only concerned about his portion, right? Only about what he can make for himself so he can survive. But outside the wine press, now if he begins to thresh wheat, he can thresh a lot more wheat. And those that are hungry in his community, those who are hungry in his family, those who are hungry in his neighborhood, he can actually produce more wheat for them as a way of caring for and providing for others. The wine press limited his ability to care only for himself, but when you break down the walls, now you can care for others. And not only just for himself or his community, actually God was calling him to, to provide for an entire nation. Do you know that you're called to something greater? Do you know that God wants to do something greater in your life as well? That, that God has called us as believers to take on his mission in the world? What is God's mission? To seek and save those who are lost, those who are far from him, to call, call them back home to him? And he says, I want you to partner with me. That's, my mission is now your mission. And that happens by loving and serving others, by giving of yourself to others. But when we have walls, we, when we put up boundaries, when we say, I'm a hot mess, I can't do what God's calling me to do, I need to get my life right first, we actually put up walls and we limit God from doing what he's called us to do. I've heard so many people say this before. But do you not know that serving and loving and caring for others actually demonstrates your freedom? You might say, I can't do this, I can't do that, I need to get my life in order. Have you heard anybody ever say that before? That's a limitation. Serving and loving is actually a demonstration 
the fact that God is freeing you from the things that you even struggle with now. Do I know that we have problems? Yes. Do I know that we're all kind of hot messes at one time or another? Yeah, you bet, because I've seen some of y'all. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that we stay in this place because of the things that we struggle with or the things that we're having a hardship with at home or at work or at school. Or It doesn't mean that we stop serving and stop loving. It means that we should love and serve even more as a demonstration of what we believe that God is freeing us even in the moments of hardship. We don't allow the walls of the wine press to, to silence us or to limit us. You don't need to continue to work on yourself before you care for others or before you serve. Begin to serve and care for others and watch your situations fall in line. It's the breaking out and the doing that begins to open your eyes and you begin to feel the refreshing wind of the Holy Spirit again. Some of you are saying, I can't see what God sees. I don't feel God. Maybe, perhaps, as you begin to serve and love others, you will begin to feel the Holy Spirit move through your life again. The winds of refreshing come upon you again. In fact, if we all had to wait to be perfect before we served, no one would ever get served. It's the fact that we're broken. It's the fact that we're imperfect that demonstrates that we should be the ones who are serving. Our brokenness reveals something of God, doesn't it? Have you ever had anybody who's, who's gone through traumatic things in their life and you say, uh, how are you still on your feet? How are you still moving? How are you still smiling? And they'll tell you, because of Jesus in my life. Because of what God's doing in my life. The cracks in us reveals something about God through us. A lot of us, people will come to know Jesus simply because of our struggle and what we do in the midst of it. In fact, as we continue to read about Gideon, there's a story in, in chapter 7 where, it's, where this is symbolized. It's, it's presented to us as a symbol of what God is doing in the midst of us. Gideon now, he becomes the leader of Israel and he gathers an army. If you know the story, he gathers a massive army. And God tells him that army's too big. If you, if, because of the size of the army, if I bring deliverance now, people will think it was because of the size of the army, not because of the size of your God. So send people away. So he does that. He whittles the army down to 300 men. 300 men are going to take on an entire nation that are oppressing them. And he says, okay, now that you have these men, I, this is what I want you to do. And starting in verse 16 of chapter 7 says this, And he divided the 300 men into three companies and put trumpets in their hands of all of them and empty jars with tor torches <laughs> inside the jars. So Midian and the, humble, and the hundred men that were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch when they had just set out the watch. And before they did this, their, Gideon had sent a couple of spies in to hear, and they, they overheard the ar army saying, some guys, they're talking to each other in the camp. One guy says, man, I had a weird dream last night. 
where a, a boulder came in and crushed through her camp and destroyed everything, and it was, it was Gideon. He was getting, he's going to come, he's going to destroy us. And he, they had, had this fear in the camp already of this massive army coming in and destroying them, and there was fear spreading through the enemy's ranks. And so then Gideon gathers his army around the camp, and it says now in verse 19, the second half, and they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. And when the three companies blew their trumpets and broke the jars, they held up in their left hands the torches and in their right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried out a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood on his feet around the camp and all the army ran. The enemy fled and they cried out and ran. Even after Gideon did this massive step of faith by breaking out of the winepress where he was, there was still some more breaking that needed to happen. There was still some more trust that needed to happen in his life. There was still some more brokenness. And victory was actually established over the enemy when the jars of clay were broken. And after they were broken, the light of the torches were held up. This is symbolic of what God does in our lives when we are obedient with him. You know, the Bible calls us jars of clay that hold treasure. The light of Christ is inside of us. And when we are broken, but yet the, 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 the light of Christ is inside of us, it shines through us to defeat the enemy. This is what happens in this story. The jars of clay are broken, the torches are lifted up, and the enemy flees. And in your life, in your situations and circumstances... Through, because of your brokenness and because of your pain, even in the midst of it, if, if God's light can still shine through you, the enemy is still being defeated in your life. Symbolic of the victory that is won in our lives and how God's kingdom is established. So this morning, God is calling us out of our complacency, out of our safe spaces, so that He can increase our vision of what he's desiring to do. So that he can remove the false sense of security in our lives so that we can truly depend on him. So that we can feel the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit in our lives again. And so that we have the ability not just to care for ourselves or just to feed ourselves, but to give the bread of life to those who are around us. When we are broken, like the jars of clay that Gideon broke around the Midian camp, the light of Christ can shine through us. And the light is brightest when the clay is broken. So this morning, my challenge for you today is to break out of your comfort zone. To break out of the, the walls that you've set up to kind of try to protect yourself from hurt or protect yourself from the things that, ashamed, that shame you or cause you to feel uncomfortable because God is saying those things limit you. Those things limit your story. People need to know that even in the midst of your pain and your hurt that I'm still moving. Don't be limited by your walls of security because they don't actually protect you. And allow yourself to be broken. 
and allow your imperfections to reveal the love and light of Jesus to a broken world. To be broken like these vessels of clay where the light of Jesus can shine through your imperfections. And I believe that we're called to be broken for the things that breaks God's heart. What, is, what breaks God's heart? Those that are far from him don't know him. He says that he longs for his children to come home. Could you imagine as a parent being separated from your child? Longing for them to be close, but yet they're still far from you. Longing for them to be in your arms, and yet they're still distant. The brokenness of your heart, this is what God feels every day. Longing for his children to come home. And if we are those who bear his image, who take on the responsibility of fulfilling his mission, shouldn't our hearts also be broken the way God's heart is broken for those who are far from him? That we would reveal the heart of Jesus to others and our actions would demonstrate it. That's why loving and serving others are, is so important. Because it reveals the love of Christ to others that are far from him. That's what a heart that is broken for the things that God's heart is broken for is demonstrated. How we love and serve others. And in fact, the action of serving and loving Ever, it, it always comes before the feeling of loving and serving. You're never going to feel like serving and loving before you do it. In the midst of your doing of serving and loving, the feelings follow. And so I would encourage you today not to be dominated by your feelings for security and safety, but be dominated by the heart of God for what He's doing in your life and what He wants to do. And in fact, if you don't feel like loving and you don't feel like serving, that's an indication that you need to. I could ask for a show of hands. How many of you feel like serving today and loving today? If you don't raise your hand, then you need to go love and serve somebody. <laughs> I wasn't really being serious about the show of hands, but thank you for raising your hand. Thank you. All right, that's great. I believe that God... He hasn't changed. And the first step for us to develop a heart for God, for the things that God's heart is broken over, is begins in prayer. God said that his house would be known as the house of prayer. And for you, if you, if you are struggling today to really have a desire to break out of your comfort zones and begin to care for others, even if you feel like a hot mess, I would encourage you to begin to pray. Pray for God's heart for people. Pray for his love for people. That it would be demonstrated. In fact, if you have something against somebody, begin to pray for them. And pray for their well-being, not for them to be cursed. That's a bad prayer, don't do that. I know some of y'all, you'll be like, God, make them have flat tires in the morning and somebody just, you know, steal their breakfast croissant from Starbucks, okay? I know what you're saying, but we need to pray for people that God's love would be revealed to them, especially those that are hurting you, especially those who have something against you. Watch your heart grow 
Because God does not hate them, God loves them and desires for them to come home. Just like a wayward child, God wants them to come home. So today, if you feel like you've been limited and you can't see what God is seeing in your life, you can't feel the move of the Holy Spirit, the freshness when he revives us with his wind, and you've put up these walls as a false sense of security, thinking that if you withdraw, you'll be safer. My challenge for you today is kick down these walls and trust God. Because God is calling you beyond you to serve others, to love others, to care for others. Amen?